You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. together and we will lift it to the good life and as we're lifting it we will most sincerely say we'll take a glass together this is equity one broadway's happy hour pour yourself a drink and join us as we chat about life theater and everything in between i'm elliot maddox and i'm caleb dickey join us for your equity one Cheers! Cheers. 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 Hi. Hey. Welcome to this week's episode of Equity One. Hi, Caleb. Hello, Elia. We are sitting here with our special guests that are helping us continue our haunting from Beetlejuice. The choreography team behind Beetlejuice, Connor Gallagher and Nancy Renee Braun. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi, Elliot. Welcome. Guys. So happy to have you all here. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks Th- for having thank us. Thank you for having us. How are you all doing on this beautiful fall day? Oh, my gosh. I'm thriving. <laughs> you love fall. I love fall. Always love fall. Good coats. I love season. layering. Mm-hmm. I love Summer's over. I'm brown always liquor. hot. <laughs> have you taken your AC out of your window yet? No, it lives in there no, all season. No. It's New York City. Where am I going to put that? Come out to the Burbs, Central AC. <gasps> oh, hey. I know. I'm like dreading taking it out because I don't know where I'm going to put it. I took mine out on Monday and put it in my closet. It's also still really kind of hot because it it's is. that weird yeah. like turnover time where the radiator comes on, but it's still 60 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's like nothing but like full sweats in the apartment yeah. all the time. Oh, I'm always no. sweating on the subway and then I show up sort of steamy and... Yeah, because you yeah. have to wear a jacket. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hot underground. But you look fabulous, and that's what's most exactly, important. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You've got a nice little jacket on, a <laughs> scarf maybe, if, if you're sweater. really feeling it. Also, yeah. Elliot, I, I know I've said this, but I love your hair. It's green and blue and yes. very Beetlejuice. I know that's not the reason you did it that color, but yes, you can pull off most colors. It's very yeah. I've learned that like most work. I think my favorite is still the purple. Oh yeah, this Um, one goes well with your eyes. That's like the OG. Have you done red? No, I haven't done red. I feel like that's not good for my skin tone. Well, when when red um, washes out, it kind of turns pink. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could pull it off. You just had some amazing I did hair have on her. crazy i had yellow and orange and red hair it was like an ombre it was gorgeous yeah and now it just kind of looks like gay midlife crisis blonde <laughs> hair <laughs> and i kind of forget that i have it and i go places and people are like hi and they look up at my forehead and it <laughs> and happened like, today oh no and i forgot but you know 
own it, live I like it. it. Yeah, I love it. Also, Look. people are nicer to you when you have colored hair. I don't know if you've really experienced this. A lot like, of it's a lot of like it's a lot of like it's just something different. It brightens oh, up yeah. people's day. So you're it's like an icebreaker. You're like, hey, oh, yeah. love your hair. I got a lot of that, and then yeah. it went away. Blonde, they don't do it. Colors, it's, they're like, oh, he looks fun. He looks wild. They like work. Yeah. Now, did yeah. you did you dye it out or did you like? What do you Cut mean, it let out. it grow out. out. Oh no, and it's just growing it. out. It's just natural. Right. Because I went to Burning Man. Yes. Oh. And about a week in, I had like the dustiest sort of like, <laughs> yeah. it was like dusty, hot pink and yellow. And then it just sort of, now it's turned into what it is, which is like yeah. platinum sort of straw on my head. <laughs> what it did you barter with? Hey, right. Um, well, you don't really barter. It's a gifting economy. Okay, yeah. I mean, that might be another episode of your podcast. Where <laughs> yeah. We just go yeah. do a deep dive on Burning Man. <laughs> but, I'm um, sure you can find Burning Man podcasts. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. No, but sure. there's but there's a lot of they like pe- a lot of heckling to like come have my pancakes and come like play this game. It's it's not you don't really trade. You kind of gift. <gasps> it's a fun mm. thing. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I do that with my kids. Yeah, exactly. It's Come eat my pancake. I'll give you a kiss. <laughs> yeah, having kids is just like attending Burning just Man. Just like Burning just Man. Like, yeah. like, that's what I Honestly, just Honestly, it out. is. Yeah. <laughs> there was some like article where they were like, you know, two days in, it's like everyone's acting like a toddler. So it's truly like, oh. are you at Burning Man or are you raising a kid? Yeah, I mean, I feel Ooh. like it would be like, it's because it's supposed to be like very primal, right? So like you kind of go yeah, to that. Like, that's a good word for it, primal. <laughs> you go back to the field. That is state. certainly another podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say gross too, because it's just like it's just like desert. Yeah, it's dusty, but you know, it's a mood. It's, like a, it's, a, it's a life vibe. Well, yeah. You also, you know, we live in a city. You forget that like the streets are sort of covered with trash here. Yes. Like we're we're sort of blind to it, but yeah. like really, truly. So it's not, you know. It's gross, but I'm used to sort of more disgusting things. I had one apartment where rats were dying in my walls, <laughs> oh and my they wouldn't gosh. do anything about it. So my apartment literally smelled like death. Oh God! Oh God! We're on theme. This is back on yeah. theme. Welcome um, to an apartment. <laughs> yeah, Beetlejuice inspiration like right death. there. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like the worst smell. It's the kind that sort of like you sort of throw up in your mouth a little bit just by breathing. Where was that apartment? Um, 160th Street. Ooh, it was oh, a lovely yeah, place. I remember oh. this yeah. place. It was a nice place until they started really dying nice. walls. And I kept saying, yeah. like, what are you guys going to do about this? And they were like, hmm, nothing. Because they probably can't do anything. Besides no. Well, they, but how are you going to rent to tenants if you're... Well, I think they tried. And I put little signs up in that room that was like, there are dead rats in these walls. Because I felt bad. I didn't want someone to move right. in and be like, hmm, it's very perfumey. And then... Yeah, you get there and, and there's like you, you, there's like a colony of like da, 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 above uh, the oh my God. above the ceiling. So <laughs> we are not talking about theater. We're talking about really everything. But no, this is good. This is how it always goes. This is how it starts. This is how it always goes. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> well, um, we start every interview by asking our guests what they were, um, what first got them interested in the arts as a young person. So, um, Nancy, how about we start with you? Okay, sure. Well, I have been doing this for as long as I can remember. I took a dance class when I was barely three years old because it was next to my dad's dental office. (laughs) So my mom (laughs) thought it would be fun to occupy me, and that was it. I started dancing and singing and was a showbiz kid for a hot minute. And my parents were like, no, you can do this for real when you grow up, but go to school and be a normal kid. So then I did that and did the dance mom's life. Um, you <laughs> Caleb know. and I are very familiar. Yeah, yep. yep. mm-hmm. Competitions every weekend. Oh yeah, yes. loved it. Always platinum. Yep. 
Always, yeah. yeah, Platinum Plus. Where it was, was probably like high gold, right? Because like back in the day, no, Platinum had, was never been a thing. We had Platinums, okay. yeah, yeah. Now it's, it's like now it's like Platinum is silver, like platinum and it's elite. like I'm yeah. Platinum. I'm not from the dance competition world. Can you explain Platinum? So great. So Platinum Platinum's is like, like the high score. Then yeah. you get gold. That's like second place. Silver. It's like, well, the level. It's like it's silver, like high silver, gold, high gold. Platinum. It's sort Ultimate of like, platinum. Um, like your mileage plus program. Yeah, when yeah. You absolutely. Get status. So that mm-hmm. like if you suck, you can still get a gold. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, feel wow. good about yourself because that's like the third level. Yeah. Down. They've really moved it up now. So like the lowest you could possibly get is like a gold. Gold. Probably gold. It's like gold, no. and then it's like I've ultimate given out gold. A high silver before. And then it's like does platinum, everybody does double it, platinum? Does everybody get an award? Yeah. Yes. Everyone, everyone yeah. gets an award. Literally, something literally you get an adjudication. Wow. Yeah. And then they do like overalls but it's like 10 10 like dances it's like yeah. crazy mm-hmm. everyone wins that's yeah. another podcast so where where was this this that you was were... center stage and it's in new jersey and new jersey. it was a great studio because it was a competition studio but it was all about theater and never about like mean teachers they were like the most loving nurturing wonderful teachers mm-hmm. and they always just fostered my love of performing and um i kind of just always thought i would do this and i thought everybody that i was doing it with would do it too and then (laughs) realized that doesn't turn out that way and then i went to college at northwestern where i did theater Mm -hmm. acting not dance um which was great and so much student theater there that's where i really started my love of choreography um, I got the opportunity to choreograph on campus a ton, and that's where I realized that was a huge passion of mine. Um, and then I graduated, and I did my first Broadway show, which was super fun. Um, it was Gypsy. Woo! Which um, Gypsy for those? Patty Lapone's mm-hmm. Gypsy. The best one. Miss Lapone, the best and Gypsy. You were, there, mm-hmm. you were there with like the original cell phone like breakdown yeah. situation. I was in fact filming it backstage <gasps> myself. <laughs> I had footage of it. Bless you for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. did you release God. it to TMZ? No. <laughs> you should have. You could have made some myself. money. What yeah. TMZ doesn't care about theater? Yeah. It was no. our second to last show, so I was like documenting backstage, yeah. and then all of a sudden this was happening, and I was like, oh my goodness. But um, what a jackpot! Fun fact is that only Patty and I did all the versions of Gypsy leading up to Broadway. Well, wow. like the, like the, the Ravinia one, the encores. Yeah. So I was an integral cast ensemble member, just like Patty. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The same. The same level. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what made you um, want to um, study theater in college and not dance? I thought I, well, I really liked Northwestern. It was the school, not the degree. I auditioned at all the other schools and I was like highly considering NYU and um, I didn't go the conservatory route. So I I don't really know much about that, but I just fell in love with the campus and the like college experience that Northwestern had to offer. So that's why I went there. But, um, and I'm glad I did because I loved it. Had a great time, learned a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, but. I find that you really learn once you're like in it. In it. Yeah. 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 And I think college too, I mean, you can really kind of choose your own adventure, like mm-hmm. no matter where you go. Like you said, you found those opportunities to choreograph. Yes. There and explore that. And um, you can really kind of make that educational experience whatever you, you want, want it to be. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah, it was great. And I wanted to, I 
did this business institutions program there that was super interesting to me too so like I wanted to keep my um you know not options open I always wanted to go into theater after college but I just want I liked to learn different things so it was a good fit for me for that reason yeah and then how far do you want me to go I, I would do well, we'll, 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 get, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the uh we'll get past where you left off okay. in a little bit Connor what Connor. Re, what was little yeah. young Connor like oh my gosh well I was a competitive gymnast as a kid so I and I think it's because my parents were like try this try this try this and there's all these little pictures of me in like soccer outfits, like kind of staring into space <laughs> out in the <laughs> outfield. Is the outfield in soccer? No, in the, the field. Sure. field, 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 field. Right? Yeah. I think I tried basketball, whatever. None of it worked, but gymnastics I did. And then I had to take ballet and gymnastics. And I also just started doing like shows and like all little kids. Like mm-hmm. I was like I was like the star of the preschool show and they were like, oh, uh-huh. he's such a ham. Ha ha yeah. ha ha. <laughs> And then uh, I think, so I went to, oh, I, saw, I remember I was talking about this to someone today. I saw the Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember this moment being the moment that I was like, oh, I want to do that. I think it's because I saw the dancing and I was like, this is beautiful. And I was also a young gay kid and I was like, those guys are hot. And they're in trance. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. like, uh, I was like turned on in every way. Yes. As like a six-year-old, I was like, this is wildly confusing and my heart is beating so uh-huh. fast. I don't know what to make of this. Yeah. And then I think I was like, well, I just got to get up in that world and figure out what is going on. And that was sort of it. And then I just started doing more shows and shows. And, you know, like gym- anything you're doing when you're a little kid, you kind of go in all in. So I was yeah. a competitive mm-hmm. gymnast, but like you shouldn't be living at it. I mean, yeah. I guess that's what you do. But I was like living at the gym and then I was doing ballet and I was living at the ballet studio. And then um, I went to school for theater at the University of Cincinnati. Hey. And I, hey, hey. And I graduated. I actually graduated high school early, came to the city and was like working at Steps and Broadway Dance Center doing the work study. My mm-hmm. parents sort of crazily let me live on St. Mark's and 2nd Avenue when I was 17 <laughs> years old. <laughs> and where, where were you coming from? Albany, New York. Okay. And it was oh, fine. Okay. Like I'd lived in the city, but like, Yikes! Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, like that's also another podcast. My my year long or the Saint Marks, yeah. but um, but uh, and that was before there was like GNC and Pinkberry. It was like real rough yeah. and tumble, yeah. fabulous. Um, and then I went to school and uh, I worked a lot at the Muni in my summers, and I was always just wanting to choreograph. I choreographed at school, um, so I still performed, but I, the whole time I was like, I want to do this. But I think I had seen a lot of dancers and what their path had been, and I or choreographers, and I had seen a lot of people were in like five or six Broadway shows. And then when they, um, at a certain point, they realized they wanted to transition into choreography. And I did one Broadway show and was like, oh, I don't know that I love this. Like mm-hmm. these other people love this. And funny, I um, I went into Beauty and the Beast and it was not a new show. So there was not like that excitement of like, mm-hmm. you're doing press and you're doing sure, all these new like, things and we're making this together. I yeah, was like, job. I was year 13 and there had been people there that were there for 13 years. So it was much more, um, you know, realistic, ex- uh, like, uh, yeah. look at what my life could potentially be. And I think at that point for me, I was like, oh, I, I actually want to choreograph right now. Mm-hmm. This, my heart's not in this um, where I am. So uh, I, I started bartending quite a bit. I think I'm skipping way ahead in what we're supposed to be talking That's about. That's something that we like really <laughs> have okay. in common, yes. though, is that we both performed on Broadway, like pretty much right out of school and met right after that, yeah. too. And both were on the choreographer's path really early and young. We did a production of The Boyfriend. Sure. You know the show. The 20s musical with them. Yes. It was Julie Andrews. Three acts. That's the one. And we did it at the Maltz Jupiter Theater in Florida, Mm -hmm. in um, West Palm Beach. 
in Jupiter, Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a great show. It was a great show. It was really fun. We had a really good time. It was one of those small cast shows, but it was kind of all dancers. So mm-hmm. yeah, we all really got along. And um, I was a dance captain. Dennis Jones was the choreographer. And there was like, I did this number, uh, Won't You Charleston with me, the duet. It was a big dance number. And I was like, I'm in this number, Nancy. Can you like dance captain this number for me? Tell me if I look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yeah, totally. And then I think... Like six months later, I was doing um, a wild production of Funny Girl, um, and I had done two. I had done these productions at this company that no longer exists called the Revision Theater Company, mm-hmm. where they would. The sort of idea was we're going to do Hello Dolly, but it's going to be a drag queen as Dolly, but it's going to be somebody who's like um, a Carol Channing, this guy Richard Skipper, who's like a really sort of well-known and fabulous Carol Channing impersonator. Oh, work, amazing. And, yeah, so I did that, and then the next year I did Funny Girl, and I directed that one, and that was with um, Steven Brinberg, who's a well-known Barbara Streisand impersonator. Sure. And um, I think at some point during that, I was like, will you come, do you wanna come work on this? Yeah. And we had a really um, easy breezy work relationship, and I think, you know, that's what you want in, in a in a collaborator, no <laughs> yeah. matter who they are, but especially the person that like you're gonna sit at a table with for hours on end and like and then have to get up and like be creative and be, you know, present and you want somebody who can like who just vibe vibes with you. Mm-hmm. Um and we did. So we've been vibing ever since. Yeah, it's been a lot of vibing. <laughs> we've come a long way from so Steven many vibes and the uh-huh. Barbara Streisand uh, <laughs> production. How many productions have you guys worked on together? Oh my. Too I, many to count, really. It's I can't been count. over a decade. So I feel like at least twenty. Yeah. Wow. That would be definitely true. So so many. And so many like also small projects. Like there's the mm-hmm. full long projects and then there's a mm-hmm. lot of like Oh, I'm up for this job. So we like do a deep dive into a show that I may not end up doing. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those feel like full shows. Yeah. There was a while where I was pitching on shows and I was like, like an audition. I yeah. was like, I need to read my pitch to you. Mm-hmm. So I would like pitch the show to Nancy and she'd be like, I don't get it. Or she'd be like, that's good. Um, <laughs> so that when I went in, I had More done so like I'd my. I'd be like, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I'd be like, uh, you know, I, 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 I remember feeling this as an auditioner too. As an actor, you can work and work and work on your own and then you get in the room and suddenly your voice changes like three octaves because you're nervous. Yep, sure. And you start shaking a little bit. So um, I remember like hiring an audition coach to sort of like someone I didn't know that I could just Mm -hmm. be like, say the lines and get get the nerves out of my system. And that was what a lot of this pitching was. Um, I don't do that so much anymore. I mostly- become a really good pitcher. Yeah, become a a good pitcher. Yes, sure, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I um, since you kind of brought it up, this is like I think most of our listeners kind of know the basics of like what an actor does to get a job, like in auditioning and seeking out those opportunities. But I would imagine very few of them know what it's like when you're trying to get a job as a choreographer. So could you talk about like what what that experience is, like pitching and. So it's kind of wild because the rules keep changing. Um, There's a couple ways it happens. Um, Sometimes, uh, this is kind of rare now, but there was a while where a director would say, I'm looking at 
three choreographers or four choreographers for a job and they would give you the opportunity to present your work mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's always a little different like sometimes it's like whatever you want to do we'll just come and tell us the days and we'll come and they give you a little bit of money or sometimes it's very structured like you all have the same dancers in the same amount of time mm-hmm. um it's interesting doing that because theater is really about collaboration it's about energy it's not usually about like um producing work like uh, like for instance, there's lots of moments in Beetlejuice that I took a stab at, and the first time out of the gate, I was totally on a different page than what Alex Timbers, our director, wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. wanted. Yeah. Um, but luckily, I already had the job, and he trusted me enough to go back to the drawing board. If I had done that in an audition setting and presented three numbers, and the produ- you, you just never know how right. that's going to turn out, and it's not really um, my favorite way to collaborate. Um, but I've done it a bunch of times. And I'm always happy for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel like there was a very specific period in time where that was very popular, though. Yeah, and le- every two months I would get a call now. to do it. Yeah. yeah, and I'd be like, "This is crazy." And it's that would be stakes. like a number from the show, like you. Yeah, because do your take on a number. Yeah, and you. I mean, you know, we've worked together. We're mm-hmm. like, I'll do a first version of a number, and it's almost never the version. That right. Sometimes it is, but um, you know, we need time to step away, even from doing Beetlejuice in DC to doing it in New York, like we were able to step back and then you look at it with fresh eyes and you get to refine. Yeah. Um, and so we were doing that and, and you want everything to be Broadway quality, but you know, sometimes you get the call on a Monday and it's Friday sure, um, and you got to do it. And then the other way a lot of this happens is just through your relationships that you have with people. Mm-hmm. So it's somebody you've met at a, maybe my agent will set me up on a general or something. Um, and that would just be like a meeting where they would say, Hey, um, Alex Timbers wants to meet with you or we think you guys would get along. And then two years later, this happened to me with Gordon Greenberg, like three years later, he called me for our first show. And then mm. it's just about, you know, everybody wants to be in the room with people they trust. It's a similar thing with us with dancers. There's, um, we always want to take chances and meet new people, of course, but generally like you're trying to stack the deck so that you, you're trying to set yourself up for success. Yeah. And part of that is saying like, well, I know what Elliot does in the room and he's really good at this specific thing and I understand his energy. So um, I want to bring Elliot on for this. And I want to bring this person. Right. This. And it's the same thing for um, choreographers. You know, all the p- directors I work with know what I bring to the table and they know um, sort of what I have to offer. And, and uh, so that's sort of the basic way that mm-hmm. jobs and then sometimes I'll see a show or I'll see a reading of something and I will like go crazy and I will email everyone I know that's involved in the process yeah. the project I saw something today a reading today that I immediately wrote my agent and I was like I am obsessed get me on this project <laughs> um, and that that happens like for me like once every like six months um, and that's just I, you know I love we see a lot of theater so when yeah. you're really passionate about something that that's sort of in its early stages it's really exciting yeah yeah Tell me about the um, the time when you know you had both opened your your Broadway shows, kind of realized that you wanted to mainly pursue choreography. Tell me about those like bartending years when you all were like working together or working separately and kind of breaking in, figuring out that that path for yourself. Like, tell me about those years. It's fun to talk about like you know now like Broadway choreographers, all that, but right. Gosh, um, well, I was had an unusual situation. So did Connor getting 
cast in a Broadway show right out of college, like literally mm-hmm. right out of college. Like I yeah. graduated college and I started rehearsal the next week. Wow. So I just thought, okay, this is normal. Like I graduate and now <laughs> I'm on Broadway. So I didn't think anything of it really. Um, and that was like the next two years of my life. Um, and once that was done, in between is actually when I met Connor because we did it at Encores and then mm-hmm. we transferred to Broadway. I remember and we were at P.F. Chang's. Yeah. And you were, you were like, I just got the call. And we were like eating Mongolian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yes. Was yes. Like, yes. It was so, so exciting. Yeah, it was like, really exciting. But I didn't, I don't think I totally understood how exciting it should have been because I kind of just expected it. Sure. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah, because I had done it before. And so, mm-hmm. of course, I was going to do it again. And um, <laughs> this time on Broadway. And it was <laughs> awesome. And uh, when it ended, Connor and I started, That we started working together pretty soon after so that was exciting for me and I was still performing longer than he was so Mm -hmm. I was still working mostly regionally I didn't perform in another Broadway show Um, I had done some like workshops and Mm -hmm. things like that here and there but um, whenever there was a choreography opportunity with him or anything else I would take that over performing Mm -hmm. but I'd say for like a couple years after Gypsy I was 50-50 and then it really started to the percentages really started to sway into yeah. the choreography um, world. I think that because I was performing and pursuing choreography, there it never really felt like I had too much downtime mm-hmm. um, in between. It's almost or, like performing was a day job for you. Yeah, kind of. Hmm. That was, which sounds funny, or maybe I'm just like blocking out the unemployment. <laughs> 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 That's also very possible. A lot of life has happened, but... Um, yeah, I would perform whenever I wasn't doing a choreography job. And then Connor's career really started to kick off. And, you know, that coincided with my associate career kicking mm-hmm. off. So we became busier and busier. And I did, I've did. i done things on my own as well. And, um, you know, even things that he's passed off to me or other mm-hmm. people have passed off to me. So, yeah, I, I feel like um, I've had a little bit of a happy fun story i actually never did bartend um yeah but yeah but you know everybody has a different journey and for sure and path and i'm sure there was i know there was moments where i was like oh what's next like what's Mm -hmm. what am i gonna do but i've always been really optimistic and like glass half full even when times maybe shouldn't have been that way Mm -hmm. so maybe i kind of was a little naive to um the like grunt you know kind yeah. of tougher side of it all um but yeah that was how you know our transition went and connor's my, been doing really well so it's my transition was know. a bit darker than that oh, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately i bartended for like three years uh-huh. um and because so, you stopped performing because i stopped performing where were you bartending uh a restaurant called kelly and ping Ooh. kelly it and was ping. um like a sort of a famous uh, Thai restaurant in the West, no, in Soho, near the Apple Store on Green Street. Okay. It's no longer there. I think it's like Warby Parker now. Great. Okay. Everything is. Yeah, we know. used to have like Airport. Elizabeth Berkeley would come downstairs because she lived upstairs. Kiefer Sutherland came in and left like good. a $2,000 tip one night, like yeah. on Christmas. Okay. The food was amazing. Yeah, it was really um, good. I will tell you this though. I, when I graduated college, I was like, oh, I'm going to be like a fabulous, like I'm going to be a choreographer and obviously like I'm going to do this. So everyone's going to just respond and want it immediately. Right. And I remember I made this reel that was so janky, bootsy. Because <laughs> if you think even now, like um, 
I my you know people are surprised when I have like decent B roll because I'm mm-hmm. so psychotic about getting it in the moment because we can't record anything yeah. right. So when I send my reel now, especially like people are like, "Wow, how did you get all this good footage?" Back then, it was like Bootsy Malone. It looked so <laughs> bad, and I had I had CD DVD copies set set out. I think like two or three people took them, and then I got agent meetings as an actor. This is just going back a little further, and um, everybody was like, "I was like, I'm going to be a choreographer." People laughed in my face, literally <gasps> laughed in my face, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" And I had one um, agent that wanted to rep me as both and gave me a lot of opportunities. His name was David Krasner and David Crombie, and used to be um, Block, and then it turned into The Mine, yeah. and now we know all, David. Yeah, I know David. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but they were really great to me. Like they would sort of be like, "Oh, we heard about this commercial thing," and they got me like a couple jobs. As wow. and for for not being like people who represent choreographers, that was pretty cool for like yeah. someone yeah. who literally had no credits. Um, but then, um, so when I was like, "I'm going to transition because I really think I can do this and I should do this," I um, I made another reel like a couple of years later, and I did a cover letter. So I got I got those guides, like the guide to regional theater that you can pay. And while we were doing. Um, the boyfriend, I chose 100 different theaters and wrote 100 individual cover letters. I mean, the same thing, but then I would be, sometimes I'd be like, yeah. well, blah, 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 I know you because of this. Yeah, and, yeah right. Um, and I sent them out in manila envelopes and I did each one and I signed it and I thought, well, surely this will turn into at least one job. Zero people <gasps> called me back. Zero. I wrote like every regional dinner theater last place you, you name it Tallahassee to Seattle like every place and I thought even places that I thought I was like fancy I thought I was in my mind I was like well I'm a Broadway person so clearly they're going to respond to this and nobody right. wrote back and I was like this is great so I um that was interesting and then I um I can chime in on that and say yeah. that I've also cold called a million people on things like that and you, it's pretty common to get no response yeah you'd yeah. be surprised that even now as with as a Broadway choreographer sometimes I'll reach out to um, another director or a writer and people mm-hmm. just don't respond and you're like wow I think that discourages a lot of people <laughs> like yeah, yeah when we teach and stuff pe- I think people are like oh well nobody wants me I guess I'll do something else you yeah. know so you have to kind of not let that affect your ambition. Because I also think there's an assumption um, that because you have a, a Broadway stamp as a choreographer or as a dancer or whatever, that things suddenly get easy for you, and they don't. It's just Hate a different to break ball it. game. It's yeah. just a well, yeah. It's the same. Ga- it yeah. It's just a slightly different, uh, totally. higher higher stakes, I guess. But still, yeah. like I still go through the same stuff that I went through 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. all the yeah. time. Um, I don't think that, I mean, it was nice that we have Broadway credits as performers, but I don't think that contributed at all to the success of the choreography. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and so then I bartended for like three years and um, I actually like bartending because I like the instant gratification of like somebody wants something from me and I'm going to give it to them at three minutes later. Whereas Mm -hmm. in a musical, somebody orders up Beetlejuice the musical and two years later you get to put on a suit and be like, we're done. Yeah. Um, and kind of done, and then done. Yeah. and then like in and a couple years done. when you revisit it for the tour, or whenever oh my that God. happens. Um, so, but I, I liked bartending, and I um, I liked serving too. Yeah, I also like. I'm not a. I'm not by nature like a super chatty like um, extroverted person. So mm-hmm. it sort of every now and then would force me to meet people and talk to people that um, were sort of like not in my circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which was nice. And you're good at it. And I was good Make at good it. good drinks. Yeah, and I got to drink on the job sometimes. I mean, Best. I know you're not supposed to say that, but like I definitely had my fair share of sake and tequila um, yeah. while I was working that. Po- I mean, it is the Equity One podcast. It Hello. is. Oh, yeah. Hello. We're 
we're no stranger to a cocktail, okay? <laughs> yeah, even I had some wild years. Yeah. I did Broadway Bears three times, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. But you know what I think is also interesting about the job that, that we do now? Because you're, you're kind of lining up jobs, but sometimes you get a job and you've got like three things cooking at one time and they all take like two years to sort of roll out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they kind of roll out around the same time. Mm-hmm. If you're not paying attention, you're working, you're doing like everything under the sun and then suddenly like everything syncs up where you're now at the development phase of all your projects. Mm-hmm. So it's just really interesting because as a choreographer, people assume I'm just dancing all day and I'm in the room. And, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of these projects, you're doing a lot of emailing and sort of yeah. like just ideas and brainstorming. And when, when everything syncs up and you're in the development stages for these things, there's like entire weeks go by where I don't put on dance clothes. Right. Which is which is which is challenging, which is really hard. Like you have to find a way to stay creative and stay connected to mm-hmm. your craft sure. mm-hmm. because it's like going to the gym, then suddenly I've had I've had this. We've talked about this yeah. where I I I've been like doing something and I finally get in the room to make the thing that I've been hired to do mm-hmm. and I've done all the prep work for and I'm like what? Who am I? Where am I? I like don't know how to move my body. It like takes me yeah. a minute sure. to it's like if you don't sing for a month and suddenly right. you're like, ah, you yeah. know, what, what is that? And that's, I, I experience that all the time. I, and I try to make a point to like get in the studio or do something. Every that reminds then. me, we did have a little bit of a downtime where we decided we were going to teach at Broadway Dance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we like prep. No, but we, we like put a lot into it. We like we prepped did. and did combos and taught like, I don't know, a lot yeah. of classes for maybe six months. And that was maybe more of a little bit of a downtime for both yeah. of us, but I don't think of it that way because we were keeping ourselves really busy. Right, right, yeah. right. It's also when you're in it, I mean, I think we all feel this as actors, if the days go by so slowly, yeah. mm-hmm. um, when you're like, I'm in a downtime or down period, and then suddenly things pick up and you're busier than you've ever been, but it's never, um, and then you sort of forget. Like, even as you said that, I'm yeah. like, right. Yeah. We did have some days where I was like, where are we doing next? What are we yes. doing? And that was more like just being in charge of I, st- I still struggle with this, like finding ways to, to sort of be in charge of my life a little bit. Like as a choreographer, I'm not the one making the schedule usually. Like the bigger mm-hmm. schedule, people are generally like, the director is like, well, Telling I'm free April. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they call me to be right. like, are you available? It's never like, before we announce this thing, we're going to check. Like, right. never. Um, but we're also, I think, always feeling busy because we're both super ambitious. So even if it's a quiet time, that means that like Connor said, like, you're behind your computer all day long, like mm-hmm. looking up what's the next thing mm-hmm. or creating something on your own or let's get in the room and audition for this show or whatever, you know, like just put something together. So um, I think that we make ourselves busy yeah. a lot of the time too. So how did Beetlejuice start for you guys? Like what was the initial like, this is it? Well, it was, it was the relationship with Alex Timber yeah. that Connor had from a way long time ago that started with a show that we both did called Fat oh, yeah. Camp. So we did a show, um, we did a show called Fat Camp, as yeah. Nancy said, <laughs> um, and uh, that was at the Nymph in 2009, 10 whole years ago. Um, <laughs> and cow. Alex and I did not, con- it was very well received. and It, it, was a, it had a lot of iterations, that show. It did, so yeah. it was like a big sort of um, hit at the Nymph that year. Mm-hmm. But this was before Alex's career really took off. This is before Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, and mm-hmm. um, but we we basically ended up not working on the show, mm-hmm. and um, and then we did a workshop of the Robber Bridegroom at the Roundabout, yes. and it was like one of those. Um, I had just come off a show. We had just come off a show that was pretty like challenging for us emotionally, and. Mm-hmm. 
um, it was one of those shows where you're like, I hate this. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, I don't actually like what I do. Like, do I like what I do? Because mm-hmm. um, we've all had those challenging experiences. Mm-hmm. Those shows that really put you through it. And then we did The Rubber Bridegroom immediately after. And it was one of those shows that reminds you like, top to bottom like that you like what you're doing such yeah. a great mm-hmm. show great and production it like, yeah it was yeah. great production thanks and thanks. it was like years in the making of connor and alex reuniting and doing something together because yeah. they always had a great rapport and it just took a while for them to get back yeah in we, the room together and things were really um cohesive because that was collaborative to like 2015 right yeah it was yeah. 2006 we did the workshop yeah. in 11 2011 we did the um production in 2016 mm-hmm. Um, we did a couple of those like, hey, audition for this sh- show I'm doing where I did some numbers for him. And then Beatles just came about because I think I had just, we had done Robert Bygroom. I had done another audition sh- for him and I didn't end up getting it. And I remember he called me and was like, um, it's not going to go your way, but I th- I have something else. And um, I th- just hold out a little bit. And like literally, like to his word, like a month or two later, um, I got a meeting for Beetlejuice. And I'd already worked with Mark Kaufman on Elf, so I knew him. Sure. Um, and this was with our, another producer and um, like a little time went by and then I was just handed it, which was like, I wasn't just handed it, but it was like compared to the sort of um, yeah. hoops you can, jump, you know, yeah. jump through mm-hmm. to get these shows. Like it was this just. This wasn't one of those audition processes that we talked about earlier. This no. was a relationship It's like thing. you're doing it. Yeah. And I was like, am I being punked? Like something, <laughs> something bad has to happen. You know, I, yeah. I was like, something's going to happen. We're like, someone's going to hate my number and I'm going to, you know, be fine. So I wasn't, and luckily with Alex, I'm not like always looking over my shoulder. I feel, I feel like we trust each other, but still mm-hmm. like it's my first Broadway show. And I thought yeah. at some point, like we all have those moments of self doubt. I thought like at some point someone's going to be like, you know what now they're going to take back the keys to the car. And that never happened. Um, which was like, it was pretty exciting. It was pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it was good for our confidence too. Cause you know, like it's like any actor plugging away, trying to get a show. And you're just like, am I, you question everything about yourself and your work and your life and your journey and you're sort of like, you know, we still have that, it doesn't go away. Yeah. Yeah. But how how close to like the, like at what stage in the development process is a choreographer brought on? Because, you know, we, we kind of talked to Eddie, he was brought on like once there was already a director and, and a book writer and that was like four years before mm-hmm. everything. So when, when did you all come into the picture of Beetlejuice? Um, we came on fairly late in the game and this is pretty typical. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something we've had meetings at SDC about because, um, a choreographer's involvement, uh, or the choreographer's involvement in shaping the show is like pretty significant. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes we're brought on after a lot of the material is written and then you're um, being asked to sort of find the moments of dance. And I think we can all agree the, the, the shows where writers write dance into the show mm-hmm. um, and that make a case for a show uh, as a musical are, are often the most successful. And um, so the, we, we typically, typically get brought on pretty late. Luckily, Beetlejuice, they wrote all these wonderful moments of dance sure. in yeah. the show for us. Um, but but yeah, we were brought on sort of, we were the last people. There were already designers. Yeah, I think we were last. Yeah, and that's normal. Yeah. It's very, very normal. Like there was a reading that we went, like the last reading. Oh, yeah, it was a May reading. One of the last readings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of the last readings. Mm-hmm. Before the, like, before, so, the, before the Baruch Lab? Yeah, yes. then we did pre-production. Okay. So I did a whole, like, um, a whole pass at each of the numbers in the show. Yeah. There was a whole dance lab. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and we got to, what's great about that is we, um, 
we got a lot of time in the studio to just spend with David Dabin, our dance arranger. Mm-hmm. And there were entire days where we were just trying to find like the musical vocabulary for the show. So I would literally yell like, hit me with a Latin beat. And David would start <laughs> being like, da da da, he's amazing. He is amazing. He's nice. a genius at like producing material in the style of the number, but like it's just him riffing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we did a lot of that, and I have all this old footage of us just dancing for record that. So we have we know what. It oh was. my god, it's crazy. But then when we finally had something, we would bring in um, William, and we'd bring in mm-hmm. David William Ivy Long and David Corrins, and it was cool because they were able to. Um, sort of bake, like the numbers were sort of created prior to the set, prior to the costume. Sure. So the designs were always, you know, took all of that into account. So it, I think it makes for a very cohesive show. Yeah. Because um, all of that stuff was sort of invented, like in tandem. It wasn't Together. like they were handed a set. Yeah. Um, or handed a design and an idea. So that, for we were brought on late, but at least, you know, we were very early in the development period uh, uh, on a physical level. Yeah. What is your all's experience working together? What do you enjoy about working with each other? What do you think, like, do you have, like, strength? What are your own strengths and weaknesses that you kind of, like, work together to oh achieve God. amazing <laughs> things? You go first. Silence. I knew you were going to make me go first. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like I'm yapping over here. But we're laughing because we have some funny stories, I feel yeah. like, about... I, I, I'm... Um, well, here, I'll start with... Yeah. I love working with Connor. I was instantly attracted to his choreography style when we met so many years ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like everything he was doing, I was like, this is, I see the same way. Like we're both have the same vocabulary, the same motives, the same storytelling that we wanted to do and everything that he was creating, I always believed in. And I feel like I always, from the moment I met him, I was like, yeah, we're going to do Broadway together. <laughs> I really, I really did though. Yeah, Every yeah. year I'd like write him a card and be like, Next year. <laughs> um, but I, I I just believed in him from the start because he was I, he was somebody as a choreographer that I really respected and this is the kind of work that I wanted to be working on. So there's that and um, and then I just like the way that we create together. He's super collaborative and always makes me feel like, we are doing this together, um, but then we both have our separate roles, obviously, mm-hmm. and um, it's super fun to be part of the development process as his associate. You know, he's got different ideas, like we said, so many iterations of things, and just to have a voice in that privately with him, and also like when we're in the bigger creative team, um, he always makes me feel really respected, well, and that's not always the case with. Yeah. you know, the choreographer associate mm-hmm. relationship. But I think uh, some of that comes from the fact that our choreography relationship started as a friendship performing in a mm-hmm. show together. Sure. We're close in age. Like there's not that kind of gap. So, um, I also like, f- like actually can't do it alone. Like, and this <laughs> is like the common misconception. I think like you see these choreographers who are sort of identified as like a singular name. And mm-hmm. I know that's how it works and that's how the, it looks in the program. But like, as dance departments, especially as we all know, are like the biggest departments in the room, right? And we are all collaborators, and we are all um, uh, sure. I'm like I'm like piecing it together and generating a lot of the movement. We all are, but um, it is the, one of the most collaborative departments on any mm-hmm, show. Yeah. Um, and it's to the point where like I can I sketch out like the general story, and I usually come in with that and like a bunch a blank piece of paper with like a bunch of eights and hits and things, <laughs> but like. 
until Nancy gets there, like how many times have you come in the room where I'm like, well, thank God you're here because now we can stay. <laughs> <laughs> because like I am like a bit of a procrastinator like anybody, you know, like yeah. like it's, it's hard for me to generate things on my own because I get in my head and I start to second guess like all the every move coming out of my body. And um, when Nancy's there, I feel like, oh, we're just like, we just got to do it. Like, I don't want to waste her time. You know, I guess that's part of it is like someone I can waste my own time. Um, mm-hmm. I will not. I try not to waste other. I'm sure a couple times you've come in and been like, "Is he serious?" He's got. <laughs> no. But um, but <laughs> but also, you know, there's been times, and I feel like we're pretty both pretty even keel, and we're both like mm-hmm. we try to respect everybody, and like, but there have been times we've had like difficult people in the room where I'm like, "Oh, this person maybe actually like hates my guts," or like I have to deliver some like sort of information where I'm like, "We need to cut this thing," or you know, things mm-hmm. happen. It's yeah. usually yeah. me it's, who does that. Yeah, and then I'll be like, <laughs> "Nancy, go over," because people are like afraid to be mean to Nancy <laughs> and they're not afraid to be mean to me so we've actually had times where I'm like I think he hates me will you talk to him and you're like yep yeah. and then you walk over and you're like hey <laughs> and it's not about playing people it's just about like no. you know like you know, that's strengths and weaknesses and yeah. sometimes like you know we're pulled in different directions and there's yeah. a lot of tough decisions but generally like we get along with other people in the space I feel yeah. like that's not a problem um, but sometimes there's just difficult things that go on in a process yeah. or with people or hiring or firing or you know yeah. there's there's always things that happen and I play a good bad cop for him because um, <laughs> I do it with a good smile yeah. <laughs> it's also um I think people always think you're younger than you are like this yes. has happened a lot where people are like oh this like sweet little girl and you're like Hun, I have two kids. Like I'm a woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Don't fuck with me. Excuse <laughs> yeah. me. Can I say? I guess yeah, okay, yeah. we have an explicit Ooh. rating. Yeah. And wow. so I think people learn that. Yeah. Uh, like that. But they 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 might underestimate you because you're so sweet. Yeah. Looking. Yeah. Thank you. Um. <laughs> no, it's true. A lot of times people are like, "Oh, she means business." Because Connor will put up a number, and then I'm like, "Let's get to work." Yeah. <laughs> yes. Point now. I'm, I've I've learned. Um, I'm not. I'm not one it's why I was never like a fabulous associates because I'm not I'm not great with the repetition like at a certain point I start to like um not glaze over but you are so good at the detailing that's that I think that we sort of like I've even I I feel less of a need to control and maybe back in the day maybe I was a little more psychotic about it but like I'm less now you know because I know Nancy is like and the good thing is like if I were to drop dead today like Nancy could continue on (laughs) I mean like look I'm in a scooter riding around the city I'm always telling you keep that helmet on I know but but, you know like I always what's good is I always know like um, if there's like Nancy can handle anything Mm -hmm. you know but he's given me the confidence to know that do you know what I mean like I feel like I can take I feel like I can take his work yeah. and work on it myself with people or yeah. go clean or whatever the situation is and I, I know what he wants I know what he mm-hmm. wants in the well, end. We had rehearsal last week at the theater where I was like, I don't understand why it's not sinking <laughs> up. Fix it, Nancy. And I just like turned around and got I was like on my phone because I was like, I can't fix this. <laughs> you and, you're, and you're so good at like breaking it all down. Um, it's also funny, like having worked on Beetlejuice for so long and mm-hmm. then stepping away because I'm not really on staff. Like I still go in and, and like come see the show, yeah. but I'm not at your rehearsals or your understated rehearsals. So like in some ways, like the, the micro is now like really in your court. Mm-hmm. So I'm sometimes I'm looking at things and like, I haven't spent there for six months. So like, I don't actually have the, um, the lo- like the level of like detail that you have looking at it. I still can. I'm still like, I don't understand, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I'm I'm with the show more often yes. right now now that it's up and running mm-hmm. and we're like in you know a long term pr- 
process. But um, but yeah, I forget what the original question was. But we like working together. We li- yeah, we like working <laughs> together. We've been doing it a long time. Very grateful for it, and um, I really believe in him and I'm I'm excited for what will come next. Yes, many yes. many more. Many more. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So, I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, we're gonna um, we're gonna play a game. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Yes. I didn't know That's there gonna, were games. Yeah, yeah. I the game master. You should have told me. I love oh, games. Oh, this is not this is this <laughs> quick. Fabulous. I do both need a love timer, games. So give me a timer, right? Okay. Just for one. By that, will be in All a right. second. Okay. Uh, really chill. Okay. Favorite Disney villain. Oh fuck! Um, I, I like the princesses, but I guess I'll go with like Ursula. Oh okay. yeah, I'm Maybe. a classic. Yeah, yeah. God, Cruella Deville. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looks anything good. like drag adjacent works for totally. me. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those villains. Uh, TV show you must watch right now. Oh, oh, you know what? I love Ozark. And I'm watching The Spy, but it's so intense. The Spy? Yeah, it's amazing. It's oh, on yeah. Netflix. Um, I've watched a little bit of the Ozarks. It's yeah, kind of, yeah. it's weird. Yeah, well, <laughs> I like it. I, it's one of those, that's the show's like crack. I put it on and I'm like, it's over in a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for like a theatery answer, I yeah. did like the Fosse Burden thing. Oh, yeah, it was Fosse good. Yeah. Was good. <laughs> uh, best Halloween costume you've ever had. Oh. No, we've spent a lot of Halloweens together. Yeah. Um, one year, well, one year we were teching Elf and no one was dressing in costume, literally nobody. Said, so we what? we dressed as um, Cookie Monster and Elmo. Elmo gave out cookies and Hershey's kisses. Yeah. But once I dressed as Netflix, when Netflix was like new, a bunch of my friends went as all the characters from Orange is the New Black. And mm-hmm. I just went in all red with a red cap and a Netflix <laughs> thing. So there. Okay, um, so this is where I need the 30 seconds. Okay, in 30 okay. seconds, oh, you have to name as many famous pairings or duets. Example, ketchup and mustard. Go. Are um, we both doing this? Yeah. Um, salt and, and pepper. Um, uh, salt and vinegar. Peanut butter and jelly. Liza and cheetah. Is that a combo? Sure. Sure, definitely. Um, Hot and cold. Uh, Fred and ginger. You're just looking at the time. I know, sorry. Um, Fast and slow. Uh, <laughs> apple pie and ice cream. Is that a thing? Okay, yeah, I'll oh, take it. That's a pair. Um, oh, um, uh, oh my God, what? Chocolate and marshmallows for s'mores. <gasps> okay. This is really hard, you guys. Crackers. Give me one more for 10. Um, 
Okay, oh, that's tough. Sorry. We got nine. Oh my god, that's a really hard game. It's <laughs> really hard. It's always you add time. People to listening are going to be like, they are idiots. <laughs> yeah, we're actually really smart and like to think about things. So yeah. that was tough. I just need time. Okay, well, guys. this one's easy. Okay. Candy corn, Twizzlers, or Snickers? Snickers, chocolate. Twizzlers. I love the peel away Twizzlers. Yeah. Yeah, Text Not interested in that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this is the Beetlejuice Bake Off, the great Beetlejuice Bake Off. Okay. And so it's Beetlejuice themed. I need you. What's your best thing that you present as your food to win to the judges, presenting the judges? Oh my God. Um, something Miss Argentina, like a bloody, like bled out cake with like a heel in it. Okay. Leslie Kritzer lost her shoe in a performance. So much has happened yes. in that number. So yeah. I think I would do like a shoe tumbling down the side of a cake with like a, ma- a compact, like a blue compact and just like blood everywhere. Okay. okay. <laughs> How's that? Yeah. He would definitely lead this dessert baking <laughs> challenge and I would be associating him. So I'm going to go with that. You'd be, like, be like, I'll get the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> like, tell me what to do. Uh, and the last is, uh, I can't believe this is my job moment that you've ever had. Well, I mean, kind of yeah. Broadway, Beetlejuice, Broadway. yeah. I remember our first day of our Broadway rehearsals. I remember them being like, what do you have to say, Connor? And I was like, yes, of course. Um, well, blah, 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 blah. And it was like out of body. I didn't actually know it was coming out of my mouth. Yeah. Like I was Charlie Brown teaching it. Mm-hmm. Um, my boyfriend always says I'm far too chill. Like at a, at a certain point, you're working on the show for so long that mm-hmm. you're just like, it's happening. But that was a day I would say I was not chill. I was sort of like, um, here we are. Because... Uh, you know, I also auditioned in New 42 so many times and rehearsed there so many times that to be there for our own show, being like, welcome to Broadway, everybody, was totally surreal and um, unforgettable. Yeah. We had this dream, our, both separately in, in our whole lives, but we've been dreaming of this together for oh a God. decade. So mm-hmm. it was, Beetlejuice has been a really surreal experience yeah. in many steps of the process. Yes, completely. Cool. Well, thank you all so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you, guys. If people want to follow you on social media, oh, where can sure. they find you? Well, you can find me at Nancy Renee Braun, but that would be if you want to watch videos of my children, because <laughs> that's what I post. They're very cute. I, um, I'm at Connor Gah, and you'll get a whole c- collection. Of, I don't House know what content. I post. Yeah. House size content. There's oh, yeah. several like selfies. It's of, always very rich. Yeah, it's always very rich. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Follow me. Come on, yeah. guys. Why not? Okay. Yeah. We could both use some more followers. Yeah. Okay. Great. I'm an influencer. <laughs> you can find the podcast at Equity One Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and at Equity One underscore on Twitter. And send us an email at Equity One Podcast at gmail.com. Caleb, where can people find you? Caleb Dickey on everything, and Elliot. I'm at Elliot Maddox on everything. And until next time, cheers! Cheers! Thanks for having us, guys!
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.